Welcome everybody to True Guy Show. I'm here with Brian, Chris, and our special guest. You've seen him on WPix11, SNY. Heard him on WFA Fan. Mark Malusis. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. How you doing? Awesome. Uh, you've probably been on the network before um, on one of the shows with our friend Nick. You were on like the Sharp Bets show we used to do a couple years ago. Yes. So, yeah, so Nick uh, had you on, and I I am the true exact, a.k.a. Scott, so he was part of the network, and uh, we always want to get you on the actual show, so appreciate you coming on, man. I know it's been a couple years since that show, and we've been messaging back and forth, so I just want to say I really appreciate that. No, you got it, Scott, anytime. How you guys doing? You guys doing well? Yeah, as well as we can be in a frigid, cold New Jersey area. Mm. So uh mark really quick before we get into some questions and going over some sports just we like to get some background of our guests especially with people who work uh on wfan and soi people who grew up watching and listening to our whole lives so how'd you get started into radio and then eventually ending up where you are now wfan soi etc yeah it's it's kind of well i mean i grew up a huge fan of mike and chris and uh i went to syracuse i, I was not in um I was in speech communication, visual and performing arts. I, I was not in their broadcast journalism department or Newhouse, um, and uh, but worked at their student radio stations up there, WJPC, Z89, and WAER. Uh, and then after school and, and during school, I took a number of different internships, whether it be MTV, WABC, WFAN. Um, and um, just this is something I've always wanted to do. I, I always wanted to be on air. But I also wanted to be on air in New York and uh, have done a, a number of different things, worked really, really hard to get where I'm at right now, which, you know, being the lead sports anchor at WPIX, um, you know, on TV five nights a week. I'm doing work on the weekends on WFAN. You know, I just started, it got involved in a startup, Better Sports Network, which I do a show with Keith Arizari. Uh, from MLB Network, NHL Network. We do a show 10 to noon, uh, Monday through Friday on Better Sports Network. So do a number of different things. But how did I, how did I get here? Um, you know, just like, like everybody else. I mean, a, a lot of hard work, uh, you know, being easy to work with, um, learning from mistakes, um, and, and just kind of making sure my eye was always on what I wanted to try and do. I never wanted to leave New York. I grew up, my mom was from Brooklyn. My dad was from Manhattan. I grew up in Rockland County. I was born in Jackson Heights, Queens. Uh, grew up fans of the majority of the New York teams in this area and always wanted to kind of follow my passion, my dream of, of what I loved, which was listening to sports talk radio. Um, always want to have the opportunity to do a day part on WFAN, was afforded that opportunity for a couple of years. Um, and now I'm, I'm doing TV. So SNY came about where, uh, they were looking for somebody to, to do debates at night. Um, I was doing overnights at WFAN at the time after I transitioned, I worked for Miss Mike and Chris for yeah. six and a half, seven years. I was their board op and then producer. Um, and so, uh, you know, got a tryout and then got offered a job to do that Monday through Friday in 2008 and was at SNY for 15 years. So for 14 and a half years. So it was really, you know, that, that opportunity is great, but, you know, done a number of different things. I've done traffic. Um, you know, I've, I've done, uh, I've worked at Sirius satellite radio for the NFL channel I've, where I've done some stuff on, uh, updates on the mad dog channel, uh, got, 
got uh, an opportunity to kind of crack in at WFAN after I took a part-time job. I interned there summer of 98. I kind of, this is a long roundabout story. I interned oh, that's there. awesome. I'm waiting. I just can't wait to ask you about the MTV shenanigans. We're going Yeah, I interned there summer of 98 at FAN. And right after um, I graduated school, I got offered a job. And um, I decided to go work for a local radio station in Rockland County got that opportunity because I had been working stock at Sears as mm. a part job and Rest in peace Sears. Well, that's exactly right. So my mom had been working there. Uh, someone that she was working with her husband, Gene Googie or Gene Edwards, who went by Gene Edwards on the air, owned a radio station, 1300 uh, memory lane. It was mm. a 500 watt radio station, in Rockland County, got a job there out of school, making $7 an hour as a news and sports uh, director, uh, worked split shifts. I did five to 10 in the morning and then I come back and, and do three to seven at night. I did that Monday through Friday that afforded me to get a sports show on Sundays. It was very, very local oriented, but enabled me to get on the air. I did that for about a year and a half before I called, uh, FAN and asked for an opportunity to see if they were looking for any part-time people interviewed with Eric Spitz and, and Eddie Scazzeri promptly got offered a job to, to do overnights uh, and uh, board up and produce. Uh, did that for about eight months. They liked what I was doing. Got an opportunity to do a fill-in show uh, to board up for Chris and Mike. Uh, they, they, they liked what I, you know, my addition to the show, but my addition to the show was only there because Jerry Recco was going to leave to go do overnight updates with Joe Beningo. And right. so that had opened the door there in March of 2001. And from that point forward, I think the following November was the first time I was on the air on WSN where I did updates. God damn. What a, excuse my language, but it's like, it's like you're the Samuel L. Jackson with the movie, like how many <laughs> roles he's had. So we're like, you just didn't say no. And that's, we got yeah. well, that's the, that's the key in this industry. Not right. to cut it, Chris, but that, that's the key is like, I've, I've never really, I, I work a lot. Uh, my wife would probably say, am I, my dad would probably say uh, that I'm a little bit of a workaholic. I don't turn down a lot of jobs because uh, all experience is good experience. You never know who you're going to meet. Yep. Uh, you never know what that say opportunity might lead to down the line. And, um, and you go from there, like here at WPIX, you know, like, you know, I got afforded this opportunity because the sports director, Todd Ehrlich, I had done work with at CBS local, like, eight years ago on a March Madness digital show uh, that was hosted at the time by Lisa Kearney, who then left for ESPN and now she does work for FanDuel. And uh, they liked what I did and they were looking for a sports anchor. And I came in, I interviewed with the news director and I got the job. Nice. Wow. Just really quick. I'll get to Chris, but a 1300 memory lane sounds like a Twilight Zone episode. And I'm, <laughs> for I'm all for it. If, well, if Rod Sterling is still alive, like that's the way to go. Well, that was it. It was all like 40s and 30s music and this right. and that. That's basically what it was. Now it's no longer memory lane because Gene unfortunately passed away. It's a radio station called WRCR. I think they used to do Rockland Boulder games, which is like an independent league baseball team. I've been to some of those games. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Rockland Boulder games as well. So they used, I think they still have play by play. I'm not 100% sure, uh, but. Yeah, it was it was a good opportunity to cut my teeth. There was really no pressure. I was able to go on the air. Uh, it was very, very local. Um, nice. and, 
So, and you weren't making a lot of money. And that's the other thing in this industry is you're cutting your teeth. Now it's a lot different because there's so many different opportunities. It's not just radio and TV. You know, now you have satellite radio. Now you have everything online. Now you have everything digital. You have the gambling networks getting involved. You have podcasts. You have so many different avenues to kind of grow your brand. When I got into the industry, it was really one of two ways. Either you're doing TV or you're doing radio, or if you're talented enough, you tried to do both. Right. Go on, Chris. Uh, He's one of the youngins who needs this advice. Work hard, Chris. Work hard. Work hard. I'm trying. I do. I do my own podcast, but I mean, I don't. I don't really have a whole lot of listeners right now. It's only been up for like a few weeks now. Like I'm trying to incorporate video into it. Um, I went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting though, which was a really cool experience. Yeah, I taught there. Yeah. Oh, you taught which uh, which campus? I taught there at the uh, Hasbro Heights. Oh, mm. that closed. That one just closed down. I was going to go to that one. I had to go to Cherry Hill. Yeah, I taught. I taught there. It's got to be. Seven seven years ago now, maybe yeah, seven seven and a half years ago. Yeah, but it was it was a really cool experience. They they definitely taught me a lot, and I'm I've been trying to get into like internships and stuff, but it's just it's hard. It's definitely hard. No, I um, get it, but it's a matter of getting your foot in the door and then taking advantage of that opportunity. I, I tell everyone, Chris, like, and I, I I teach a class in communications. I'm an adjunct professor at Iona, um, and you know we just wrapped up our fall semester uh, last Thursday that you number one be easy to work with uh listen to advice understand but always keep your your mind on what you want to try and do um and if every year ian eagle told me this a long time ago if every year you're doing a little bit more than the year before you're progressing in your career uh no matter where you go everybody rises different everyone's path is a little bit different nobody is the one in the same just because someone vaults forward doesn't necessarily they're going to be in that same spot five, six years down the line. So you got to just maintain to continue to work on your art form, work on what you want to be, what you want to do to build your brand. And Chris, you got so many more opportunities now to whether it be the podcast, whether it be TikTok, whether it be Twitter, whether it be you know, Twitter spaces, Instagram, Insta Live uh, to continue to kind of get your voice and grow your brand. And believe me, people are watching. I mean, how many times do you see somebody that's, you know, you know, yeah. putting stuff out there on the web? There's there's always or up there on, on Twitter or Instagram. There's always decision makers that are looking for somebody that's got a fresh voice, fresh face, fresh kind of vision um, or viewpoint. So uh, don't be down to continue to work hard. Exactly. Thank that's you. why I shame and try to look as young as I possibly can. Well, you, you have a baby face. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Scott does Thank have a listen. baby face. That's true. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you do. Baby face. You don't look like you're in your 30s. You look like oh. you're with the backwards cap. You look like you're about 25. You know what? I look like a great episode. What a phenomenal episode this is. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, it's like what someone once said too. Um, it might take 10 years to get to the one day that changes your life. You know what I mean? So just True. keep at it and you never know who's watching. And you know, you might only get 10 views on a show, Chris, 10 listens, but you know, how many of your friends can get 10 people to listen to them, to them for an hour? That's, That's not true. easy to do. Sure. That's really not to get 10 people in a room to listen to you. And you never, here's the other thing. Like, I don't want to be like all preachy or anything, oh, but go you, for never, it, man. you never know when the, the opportunity is going to come around. So always try and be prepared and continue to work on it. Like we do like little sessions in my, in the class that I teach where, 
you know, I'll throw a topic out and give them two minutes to kind of to, to formulate an opinion and give me a take on it, whether it be, hey, is Mike White uh, the franchise quarterback for the Jets? What do you do with Zach Wilson? Because, you know, it kind of trains your mind, especially in, in sports talk. And I'm not necessarily saying that it always has to be one hot take after another, but those are the kind of things that you need to do as a talk show host to make sure that you're sharp and ready for the opportunity when it comes along. Yeah. yeah. Stay ready Thanks so you don't have to get ready. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. We stay but ready. It's like me and Brian keep a pocket of uh, wraps in case we ever have to battle someone on the street, right, Brian? All the time. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I, all right, uh, Mark, I want to ask you because you went over how much you had to work, how cutthroat it is, how every year someone, you know, is trying to take your job, essentially. Uh, someone graduated and they want your spot. Uh, was there ever a time you, like, were just working nonstop and you thought, this isn't going to happen. I do. I just want to quit and get out of it. Cause I hear that a lot in the entertainment. Yeah, there were times. I mean, listen, there, there are times I remember there was a time where uh, there was a snowstorm and my boss, who I won't name told me that uh, you have to be here in the morning. And I was coming off, uh, I was coming off something uh, doing a, a shift at SNY at night. And I wasn't going to drive all the way back home to Stanford. And I basically slept in my car for like five hours because I had a six o'clock show the next morning. And yeah, when, when you're like going through, so like when you're going in your twenties and thirties and you're working, I worked seven days a week for two and a half years mm. uh, with, with not really many days. Like I, I really didn't take much time off at all. Um, and I was just grinding away. And it can wear on you. It, it just yeah. does. When your friends are out there, you know this. I mean, when your friends are out there and they're enjoying themselves and, you know, they have weekends off and they're like, hey, we're going to the Jersey Shore or we're going out to Long Island or, hey, we're going to take a, you know, go to, you know, go to the Yankee game or the Met game, whatever it might be. And you're like, no, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I have work, yeah. uh, you know, that, yeah, there are times where you say, you know, I know a lot of guys that got involved that when I went to Syracuse with that were really, really talented that got out of the industry that sell, that do pharmaceutical sales or they do real estate, not saying that they're not successful, just didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, and you got to know what this industry is before you get involved and go into it with eyes wide open and know that it's the rare outlier that gets that golden opportunity right from the word go. Uh, it's, it's, you know, success is paved with a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat equity, and, uh, and it, it can be an absolute grind at times. So were there, were there times where I never thought, I never thought I wasn't, you know, good enough to do it. I thought it was a case of when is that opportunity finally going to happen? And I didn't want to be one that was chasing it for my entire life. Mm. Well, did you put a cap on age wise? Like if I don't get to it by so-and-so I'm out or did you just ignore uh, year after year? Like, um, yeah, there was probably, I mean, when I, when I got, after I got married and I got married July of 08, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've got three boys, Jackson's nine, Gregory is just turned six, Paul is seven. Right. So I've got a nine, seven and six year old at home. You know, when I eat, you know, I don't want to be an absentee father. So there comes a point in time once my wife, Donna, and I, we, we decided to, to start a family and, and go down that journey. It's significantly different when you're single like, and you have an apartment or wherever you might be living where you don't have the responsibility and 
you're just worried about selfishly yourself or worried about you can you know, sleep in a car in a snowstorm right correct right yeah. like you, know, <laughs> I, you I, have I, to if you have to I, yeah right if i have to right if something happens to me it's just me like i yeah. don't have to sons right i don't have a wife like it's just different that changes your entire perspective on on life and and everything was did i put a cap on it age-wise probably not i guess i just put a cap on it to where i'm saying okay well where's the next step like it mm -hmm. came a point where i was producing chris and mike i wanted to go on air i got afforded the opportunity evan roberts at that time was doing three overnights a week yeah um and he left to go do middays at the fan so yes. it opened up the spot uh, to do overnights on WFAN. I was producing uh, Chris and Mike at the time, and I got I got offered that job. And so July, January of 07, I left to, to go do that job. And it was great. I was doing Monday mornings. I was doing Friday mornings. I was doing Sunday mornings. It was great to a point where my wife then, right after we got married, like two years later, she's like, I'm going to everything by myself. You're not available Sunday nights. You know, you're not available Saturday nights because you have to go to work. Like right. my boss at the time, Mark Chernoff, and I said, listen, Mark, like, I, I can't do this. I, I'd love to do it. It's not that case. I don't want to do it. I go, I can't do it. My my marriage is going to fall apart. Like, I, I just I can't, like, do this Saturday. So he promptly took me off the Saturday overnights. You put Tony um, Page on? Was that when he put Tony, did Tony Page take that? No, Tony Page then. No, Tony Page then. He did the the majority. So Tony was a weird thing. I did the Monday mornings and Friday mornings. Tony did Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm -hmm. right? And then he did Friday nights. And then he might have then taken the the Saturday night into Sunday morning. You're right. right. Might be right about that. Yeah. So and so did I put it? No, I I I just wanted to make sure that I was growing. That was the whole uh -huh. point. I I didn't. I never put a cap on it age wise. When I start to have a family you know, responsibility and kind of perspective does change though. I will say, I remember you on the overnight, the divisional round game, the Giants played the Cowboys in the 08 January year. And you predicted the Cowboys would win. And I never forgave you for that because we lost. But anyway, yeah. I digress. Yeah. No, it's fine. I was really playing up. I was like, get the popcorn out. Yeah. All no, that. I no, I remember. No, I remember. Yeah. No, that's why I've been waiting for this moment for 14 years to have you. I've been <laughs> I got it. I got it. That was an that was as you will not have a better there you will not have a better run than the Giants had that postseason. All okay. three games on the road, Tampa, Dallas, Green Bay, and then beating the Patriots out in yeah. Glendale. Also, you were I remember you, Yeah, yeah. I also remember you in 2011 when the Cowboys played the Giants week 17 and Romo came out from a broken hand. You also predicted the Cowboys would win week 17. I did. Yeah, I, I know, did. I know. I'm I'm aware. <laughs> I, I did. You're a hundred percent right. I was doing, I was filling in for Mike that week. I was doing afternoon drive that week. Yeah. And I remember at the end of the broadcast, Papa and Carl Banks was like, Oh, I hope Malusis is on on Monday because he's going to have some, he's going to have some uh, uh, crow to eat. So yeah, I, I, I know because here's you're the one thing get every game. Right. Yeah. All right. Relax. Scott. About giant fans at that time. They're the worst. Well, Eli. No, no, they're not the worst. Like I, I, they're not, but the Eli love effect, like the the walking around can't spell e elite without Eli. Oh, Eli is going to be a Hall of Famer, this and that. Like, and I sure. understand he won a Super Bowl in 07, he won a Super Bowl in 2011. But we could also have the understanding Eli was not a great regular season no, quarterback. He wasn't. Uh, listen, I've had this. I've lost friends over this year at bars. Ask Brian. I used to get into this nonstop, but it is what it is. He'll make the Hall of Fame. Would I put him in? No. Whatever. I don't get a vote. 
Anyway, I'll give it to Brian. Go on, man. Good thing you don't get a vote. I, no, I want to go back to what uh, Mark was saying earlier about just the, the grind of the entire process of, of yeah. getting to where you want to be. I feel like a lot of people have a very skewed view of uh, people that are on TV, people that are in movies, entertainment. They seem to think that it's something, oh, you just show up and you're just on TV. And then, you know, you go home after that and you get a nice fat paycheck and you sit around until the next time you got to be on TV again. And it's the furthest thing from that. People like you are extremely hard workers and you do so much to prepare for what you're doing to go into your show or if somebody was doing a movie or even musicians, there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes that people don't realize it. They think it's a lot easier than it is. And I also wanted to ask you this specific. I know we got into things in the past, but specifically, what was one challenge that you encountered that you were that you said, you know, maybe I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, play by play. Oh shit! Like yeah. play, play was one where, and I, I had people being like, "Oh, why don't you try play by play? You have a good voice, or you know the sports and everything like that." It, it just wasn't a passion for me, and I think That's to be hard. great, I think it, yeah, it's hard. Number one, I tried to do. Uh, there was a couple times I got called. Chris Carlin at the time was doing fill in play by play for uh, for Bucknell football. And there was a guy named Doug Birdsong. I think he might still be doing play-by-play now. I haven't spoken to him in years. But we're going back like 13, 14, maybe 15 years ago. And Chris couldn't do it. Uh, and Doug called me. and was like, hey, do you want to do a little Bucknell play-by-play football-wise? And I went into it, and I tried it, and I was okay. But I left that booth where it's like, like I don't, I don't really have an interest in, in doing play-by-play, which is fine. And, and it just that takes an unbelievable amount of hard work. You have to be really, really good and really be able to think on your feet, like doing hockey play by play. I tried doing that in college a little bit for the Syracuse crunch. Uh, They were, you know, an AHL affiliate at one point in time, I think for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, So I, I, I tried that sat in the stands and tried to do a little NHL play by play or AHL play by play. Not great. I did some women's basketball at Syracuse. uh, Not great. It just wasn't something I was passionate about. Were and you not good at it? Like, did you rewatch it or you didn't like it? You know I what I mean? Um, probably a little comedy. I, you know, it probably was, I wasn't confident in doing it. Okay. Number one, uh, I didn't have a lot of practice doing it. I didn't sit there in the stands. Like you hear a number of broadcasters, Howie Rose and others talk about the fact when they're growing up, they'd sit in the stands and have the tape recorder and then go back and listen to it. I never <laughs> I loved sports talk radio growing up. Like I would be on the bus listening to Mike and Chris and I would, you know, I, I went to Don Bosco prep in Ramsey, New Jersey. I remember I had like my Walkman in my bag sitting there. I, you know, it was like a 45 minute ride back to Rockland County because I didn't grow up in Jersey. Uh, and it would, and I'd sit there and I, I want to hear what they were saying at two, you know, two o'clock, two fifteen, two thirty When I got off, when I got out of school, I put the headphones on and, and I dreamed of doing sports talk radio. Like that was, kind of my passion and why I got involved in this industry and the way in the style and fashion in which they went about doing it. Because I don't think everyone's a little bit different. I don't think you'll have a better tandem ever than what Chris and Mike were on the air. 
not saying that there are others that aren't successful. Of course they are. It's just that they set the tone for the entire medium. So if I, if I dedicated myself, do I think I could do play by play? Probably. I just didn't really have the passion to, to do that. Hmm. You probably have to study so much for that because you have to know every single player and it's probably much harder in hockey too. Oh, hockey, I think. I give credit to any. I tried to win a, a Syracuse Crunch game. It was. Did you just, I would have just left in the middle of the second. Oh, game. it's so, yeah. the last names in hockey. Like, you're not really getting a whole lot of Smiths. You're getting a lot of, like, Russian. Like, yeah, Russian, like, and, right. Got Croatian, yeah. Russian, Swedish, Finnish. I mean, you're getting yeah, all kinds of, lot. and so you that you can get caught up on. But I give credit guys like Bob Wischusen. Wischusen does, you know, jet football. He does college football. I think he does college basketball. And he also does NHL hockey. I mean, he does it all. And he's really, really good at what he does. Just like, you know, Ian Eagle is great at doing football and college basketball and the NBA. And you see him all over the place. But anybody that picks up and, and does NHL games, you know, growing up listening to Sam Rosen, uh, yeah. doing Ranger games and everything. Like those, uh, the men and women that that do NHL play by play is just, I give them, it's so hard describing the action, being on top of it, understanding who's on the ice. I mean, you've got to be so sharp. Yeah. I got to get know. Hold on. Quick, quick question. Who's, who do you think is better for uh, the NHL, Sam Rosen or Doc Emmerich? Uh, Why? Well, <laughs> I think, I think Doc was because Sam's more of a local guy, yeah. you know? Like, I love Sam. Like, I remember when the Rangers won the Cup in 94 and sit at my dad's house in Rockland County, and we'd always go before every playoff game, when it was a big Ranger playoff game, we'd always go to this place called Rick's Club American, right? And it was right by, um, it was right by Rockland Lake, and they used to have great ribs, right? So, and I think they're still open now. So we'd always order ribs, bring it back home, and, and watch the Rangers playoff game. And Sam Rosen was great. It's a power play goal. Like, all that stuff. Like, Sam is great. Now, Doc is just a legend. They're both legends on different – for completely different reasons. Doc, I think, could call basically two rats running down the hallway and make it exciting. Like, that, <laughs> he's just got an unbelievable way of going about doing it. And he's – they're both unbelievably nice guys if you ever had the privilege of meeting them. Uh, but I would probably say – I'd probably say Doc. I think it – I think it was a, a sad day for the NHL when Doc yeah. decided to call it a career. Well, you know what? If your team's ever in the Stanley Cup, like the Penguins have been my team three years in the last 11, one back-to-back, -back, you can listen to them. So, you know, get to the Stanley Cup. I mean, you got nothing yeah. to worry about. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I, that's what I think. The last time, they lost to the Kings the last time they were there. They haven't won a cup since 94. Yeah, I'm hoping that the year they lost – to the Devils. Devils in the Eastern Conference Finals, that was the year they were going to win if they yeah. made it. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Yeah, well, unfortunately, it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but I always compare Doc to, like, the Gus Johnson of hockey. Like, I feel like them two are very similar. Like, Gus Johnson with, like, in the NFL or uh, college basketball, oh, exciting. He can do anything. And Doc was kind of like that with hockey play-by-play, play play, I always felt. Yeah, and Gus is like instant like energy. Like you could be having – you could be downright exhausted. Yes. You could be on like four hours of sleep. You flip on a game and Gus Johnson's doing, all of a sudden you're riveted. You like YouTube you feel Gus the energy calls. for the yeah. TV. Just YouTube Gus Johnson calls and it'll be entertainment for 20 Oh, minutes. my – great. Gus doing college basketball NCAA oh. tournament is the best. 
What do you th- what do you think of guys like uh, like the Mannings doing like Monday Night Football? Do you think that'll take over more? It's a great question. I I think it's I think it's fun. I don't think people are as into it this year as they were last year. Yeah. And I've been other you know cast like Pat McAfee had a cast for college football, right? He did that a little bit um, for Amazon Prime. My my kids are a huge favorite. Who are those guys down at? They went to Texas A and M. Oh. They watch their YouTube videos. They do a number of trick shots. Who are those guys? The uh, perfect. Dude, Dude Perfect. perfect. Yes, yes. You. Dude Perfect. So my boys are, are big fans of Dude Perfect. And I watched a, a little bit of their cast during uh, um, a couple of occasions on the Thursday night game. I don't think it takes it over. I don't. I'm there. Listen, I, like, I, I want to watch the football game. If it's a good game, I want to watch the game. I don't need to hear stories from whoever it might be, former player or see a, a former politician or anything like that. Like, I'm there. I don't need to be entertained at that stage because the game is supposed to be entertainment. Now, if it's a terrible football game and we've had a lot of bad night games this year in the National Football League, I get why you'd flip it over. I think Peyton and Eli are great, the business model that they've built. Uh, I think they're entertaining. Do I watch that every single week? I don't. I, mm-hmm. I think Buck and Aikman are fantastic to a Monday Night Football. I, agree I, with love, that. I love the yeah. men cast personally. Like I, I watch that religiously. I, I just think it's really cool to see. I feel like I'm understanding how they see the game while I watch them talk. Cause like Peyton Manning is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Let's be real. And Eli Manning is a two time Super Bowl champion. Not as good as Peyton. No but, shit. Yeah. I'd have had to but, kick you off if you just said that. I don't know. I, I, I have some stories. Oh, just about, don't. About don't. But, um, I don't know. I just feel like I'm getting into their mind of like two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and they're like, like, yeah, two, and they're saying how, just how they're breaking down the game. Like you hear Eli say something. I was like, I was like, oh, you better watch. Like you better watch Fifty Six coming up, and then Fifty Six will come right up, right. and he'll blast whoever's being the quarterback. And then you hear Peyton talk about, you know, you said you should have looked at that check down first, just seeing how he reads for progressions, everything about it. Like to me, as a as a fan. It gives me a whole different perspective on football. Romo yeah. trumps both of them. Romo yeah. is very good, but I feel like Romo is more of like a play caller. Like he knows what's coming. Like he yeah. he has those moments too, but I feel like he's more of like. But I, I've seen enough film. I know exactly what's about to happen here. Yeah, I'm a moose though. Like I'd rather just watch the game. I don't need to hear you talking. Like just like because if you said something that I get annoyed if my team's losing, like I want you to shut up. Like I'll just yell at the TV. Like, no shit, asshole, shut up. Like, and then my wife's like, why are you getting so upset? They can't hear you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I enjoy, and it, like, you see the amount of money that, that these analysts and, and play-by-play guys are making, and it's unbelievable amount, and God bless them, it's fantastic. But I don't watch a game just for the analysts. No, no, I agree. I, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I, Tony Romo's great, but if it's a terrible game, yeah. like, uh, I'm going to watch it. Like you look at it, you know, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson. I know Brock Purdy is a, a, and they're, they're very good at what they do. And they're the number one team and great for them on Fox and they're fan. And, and I love Burkhart, but that was a terrible football game. Yeah, you're turning like, that it, off. It don't matter. Yeah, 35. Right. I, I mean, that, yeah. that's a bad game. The, there's not much to watch there. There's not much to analyze there. The game was decided by halftime. So I'm there for, for the game, even though I love guys like, you know, Pat Summerall and, and John Madden. And, you know, those guys were legendary. 
nobody's ever going to have the impact that Madden did because Madden brought everybody in because he was like the every guy's guy. Uh, yeah, made watching football fun and simplified a lot of things and didn't make it out to be that you had to be, you know, uh, you know, trying to, to, to kind of, he didn't talk over you. He, he spoke with you. Uh, and that's what made Madden so special. Now, Moose, I'm going to give you a little uh, history of me as a Cowboy fan. My worst loss I could remember versus you guys was 2005 yeah. on a Monday night. Uh, when we had Drew Bledsoe and the Cowboys had their ring of honor night and we were up 13 nothing with about three and a half minutes left. And I think Mark Brunel hit Santana Moss on two consecutive plays to win 14-13 after Jose Cortez missed the fucking field goal. And that to me still stings. I think later on in that year, you guys beat the living hell out of us in Washington, like 38-7 to and won the division with uh, Mark Brunel. No, yeah. he made the no the Giants won the division that year, maybe Gi in 05. Was that the year that they when lost did, to Carolina? When did Romo take over? When Romo was took the, over in the middle of 06. You guys won. You guys right. had yeah, and Todd that, was the, that was a Monday night game against the Giants, right? He took over at halftime, right? Yeah, when he, he threw an interception on his first play. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, I want to know what the worst loss is. You, as you as a fan, you could still remember as a, a skin or commander fan. That's still like, ugh. Oh, so, I mean, the, the worst loss that I had was uh, I, I, I had the opportunity. We had a family member that had giant tickets uh, growing up. So I used to go to giant games. I went to giant Washington games every single year, uh, which, was, which was awesome um, and fun. And went to a number of other games when, when the Giants had LT and and Sims, and, and it was great um, at the old Giants Stadium. I was at the NFC Championship game where Washington lost 17-0. Mm. Um, in the wind, had no chance. Jay Schrader at quarterback, no adjustment. It was a, just a dominant performance. Giants end up obviously winning the Super Bowl that year, and, and, and Sims was nearly perfect in that game. But uh, that, that NFC Championship game at Giants Stadium, I was there that day. I was 11 uh, 10, 11 years old at the time, but it was probably one of my worst losses. The other thing is I remember the, the morning of the Super Bowl between Washington and Buffalo okay. and my dad was a giant fan and my dad's like a, a football fan and, but he's not like one of these like kind of outrageous, like sports fans. He's, he loves the Rangers. Like that's probably his number one passion. Like he loves watching Ranger hockey and he's probably locked into Rangers and devils right now. But I remember the morning of the Super Bowl between the Bills and the and Washington after the Bills had lost the previous year on, you know, Norwood, you know, wide right against the Giants down in Tampa, Super Bowl 26 and getting into a huge fight that morning because my dad was like, the Bills are going to win today. And I was like, I was like, what? No, they're not going to win. And we were having like bacon and eggs in the morning. I'm like, they're not going to win. And we're like, we got into like a huge argument. I go, no, no, Washington's going to win. He's like, and then he ended up apologizing later on. He's like, I'm just busting your chops. So, you know, we're rooting for Washington today. But like those kind of moments, it was just kind of fun at that time, like going through that. But my worst loss is a, as a Washington fan, was probably that NFC championship. Uh, Yankees fan. Mine's still 2001 to this day. Uh, what about you? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing even close. Like, there's actually nothing even close. No, and, and like, I was, at that time, I was still working with Chris and Mike and had an opportunity to go to a lot of those games. I went to, a, a, you know, I went to a, a lot of a lot of Yankees and um, 
a lot of Yankee playoff games at the time when because those were the years that he wanted to go to. So, yeah, I think the Arizona game, because of the fact of, you know, the home runs that you saw, you know, the Tino home run, yeah. uh, the fact that, you know, everything that the, the city had been through at the time, and you just thought that the Yankees were going to win that series. And unfortunately, they did not. I still don't understand why Brocious didn't turn two out in Arizona and step on third and throw over to first. That still makes no sense to me. I just blame Jay Witasik for no reason. Oh, the, an, it's, a just great an easy, it's just an easy scapegoat. He had nothing to do with it, but, you know, it might as well at this point. Yeah, two, that was a bad one. Fingers. I think you saw the 97, beat. the Sandy Alomar home run. Yeah, that was a tough one. Uh, 95, too, was tough. Uh, that was tough, but well, whatever. Five was tough for a lot of different reasons because it was I mean, maddeningly. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was, you, you thought, you know, it was going to be a time where, like, I would do anything for Maddingly to win a World Series. Like, yeah, I really would. Like, I love Roma with a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah like, I, I would do anything for Matty Lee to win a World Series. I mean, not anything. Well, but you, get you know, we could go off air and discuss what we <laughs> would do. <laughs> yeah. It was, and that was crushing because then the Yankees, like, the thing that adds insult to injury is then the Yankees win in 96. I know. Seven win in 98, 99, and 2000, and Mattingly's not there. Yeah. Uh, I know it's devastating. I kind of feel so bad from Don Mattingly for figuring this out. It's like, oh, like he's probably thinking to himself, like I couldn't have played it's one more. Like it's absolutely horrible, but it is like, what it is. Sometimes it's just, for so long. it's just not in the cards. I guess sometimes. I mean, what are you gonna do? Uh, do this year. What's up? Are your Cowboys gonna win the Super Bowl this year? Absolutely, <laughs> definitely not. not. I will say this. How were you in a? Can I ask you how exactly were you in a? a death vice grip with the Houston Texans who were like, they sell the NFL the- and anything they- could happen. Exactly. Listen, listen, Moose, if we would have said last year at this time that the Cincinnati Bengals will be in the Super Bowl, we all would have been laughed off the air. Correct. That's true. Anything could happen. I saw Nick Foles win a freaking Super Bowl. So like, I don't say my team can never win it. I am a strict believer in, just get in and see what happens. After week one, I thought the season was over and Cooper Rush saved the damn season. So maybe this is the year. It, you know, out of all these years, it takes things like that. I feel like the I, Cowboys, though, are just the, the Cowboys are just a team that always seems to do something wrong. And I like, know not, that, but it has to change. Not to feel A's bit, but like, change just eventually. wait for it. Just wait. I know that, but like to say... Do I think they will? I don't know. They're this is the best defense I've seen them have since the mid nineties. I, I have a question. Say that. Is, is this Cowboys team better than when Dak and Zeke were rookies? Their defense that, is yes. What was that? Two thousand fifteen. They haven't had they haven't had a defense this good since I could remember as a okay, kid. But what team? What team do you think you felt more confident? Did you feel more confident with that team or the or this team? You did because I've never had a defense as a Cowboy fan until like this year. Their defense stunk with Romo. Like, but Moose, you were in the division. Their defense was horrible, the Cowboys' defense, in, like, the mid-2000s, late 2010, yeah, 2011. Not no, not great. You got a great defense now. Yeah, but you know what? It is what it is. I'm just enjoying the ride. I don't know what could happen. I'm not going to get hyped up. And, uh, <laughs> Brian could attest. Brian's been my friend a long time. Brian, uh, do I not? Des- I deserve to see one. Do I not? No, you don't. No, you don't. Nope. No, you don't. I am- the curse of, it's the curse of Jimmy Johnson. It's you know what I've seen a lot of titles. I some would say I'm a front runner. I'm a Kansas Jayhawk basketball fan. I'm a Pittsburgh Penguin hockey fan. 
Uh, I'm a Yankee yeah, fan. Wait, 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 wait. You yeah. grew up in Jersey and you're a Kansas Jayhawk Steeler. Cowboy. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't Kansas, make sense. I'm a Kansas Jayhawk basketball fan. Pittsburgh. Penguin. What was the first year you remember college basketball? 1994. Win? 1994. Jacques Vaughn. That's how I became oh. a Kansas fan. Jacques Vaughn. Okay. Vaughn, that's how I became a Kansas fan. Yeah. And, you and you became a Penguin fan because of Yager and Lemieux? Yager and Lemieux in 92. Yeah. And I thought oh. Penguins were a cool animal. So, I have backstories here. I got receipts. All right, I have third grade journals with entries. Yeah, but yeah, but you became a bandwagon fan. I'll tell you this. You're still a bandwagon. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I've known Scott since fifth grade. True. Right. I have only seen him in Cowboys attire. Everything else is questionable. That is BS. Yankees. (laughs) Uh, I see him in Jayhawk stuff a lot. I see him in Jayhawk stuff a lot. You didn't know him in fifth grade. (laughs) No, but I'm just telling you, like, recently, I've seen him in a lot of Jayhawk stuff. Yeah, because we just won the national championship. Now's the time to learn. (laughs) Oh, wait, yeah. Now, discounting that now. Let me ask a question here. When did you guys give up on your, like, when did you reach a point where you're like, it's not going to work out as rappers? Oh, well, we're still there. We still rap. Yeah, yeah, we just joke around. Oh, we I know think, them. We know oh, the I think you said you were retired, Ralph. Oh, I'm joking around. We, we, uh, like, as far as superstardom, probably when we, like, turned 22, we were like, yeah, let's just do it as a hobby now. And if something happens, it happens. We actually stopped doing it for, like, 10 years, though, because we had to, like, it's like you said, how hard you had to work. But, like, yeah. we didn't really do that. We were just like, fuck, it didn't happen. So we kind of stopped for 10 years. And the pandemic happened, and we kind of got back into it. And we've just been releasing. We've done like twenty videos in the past year, like music videos. So we just been. What's your? What's your? What do you think your top song is that you've done? Top rap that you've done? Oh, this is questionable, man. Like, uh, Brian's really good at melodies. Like, Brian's really good at hooks, and I'm more. I guess you could say like, lyric, like boom bap rap, right, Brian? Like, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, Rufio. Probably Rufio. nah. The best song we have is called Payback. Payback, yeah. Payback? Yeah. I'll send you some. Moose, I'll, I'll No, you better you. email. I want to listen to it they're tonight. Pretty, they're pretty good. As a third party, I, I think that they're pretty good. Chris, I'll I send wanna... you a check. Thank you. Yeah, no. No, I'm just letting you know. I, I, I'll tell, <laughs> I, I would tell you if you stop. That was I a ringing endorsement. As a third party, they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> listen, man, we're nothing great, but we can do it. We do it. it no, I, I'll give you. I want to listen. I'm, I'm interested. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I expect you to start. Your, we'll give you an edited version. You can start your show with it if you on Sunday would, morning. Listen, I would play it tomorrow on the Better Sports Network. I definitely would. Yeah, show your show your guy. Let's send you an edited version. Um, uh, really quick too. Um, I do want to go into a little quick gun to your head thing. Now, I it's like I'm going to give you two names and you pick one, but I didn't give like your typical Jeter or Bernie. I remembered certain players growing up from the Redskins or sorry, commanders and Yankees. And they're very obscure names. So are you ready? I'm ready. Patrick Ramsey or Rex Grossman? Grossman. Okay. Tony Banks or Todd Collins? Oh, Tony Banks. (laughs) Jason Campbell or Mark Brunel? Oh, Brunel. I love Campbell and Auburn, but Brunel. Fred Smoot or LaRon Landry? Oh, Fred Smoot. Got to go with Smoot. Here's a tough one. Daryl Green or John Riggins? That's impossible. You got to pick one. Like, I, well, it's Riggins because Riggins okay. is why I became a Washington fan. But like Daryl Green is Daryl Green legend. Like you could hop on YouTube right now 
And there's a video of Daryl Green running Eric Dickerson down as Dickerson's flying down the left sideline. He comes from the opposite side of the field. Daryl Green was the fastest guy that I've ever seen. He's a, just as fast as what Tyree Kill is now. But, I mean, Rigo is Rigo. Like, John Riggins, my favorite Washington player of all time. As good as Daryl Green is, you had to sadly toss him in the trash. Remember that. I did. <laughs> I mean, that. All right, here's some, Yankee, here's some Yankees for you. Yeah. Randy Choate or Tanyan Sturts? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Tanyan Sturts. All right, Kareem Garcia or Shelly Duncan? Oof. Oh, I Shelly Duncan. Right. Shelly Duncan, only, he looked like he was like 45 years old. Yeah, he like, still looks the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, I t- I'd give me Kareem Garcia. Okay. Uh, Ricky Lede or Wilson Betterment? <laughs> well, Ricky Lede because he had the amazing mustache. And also, he's the reason we got David Justice, I believe. That is true. Homer Bush or Andy Phillips? Homer Bush. Yeah, Homer's a man. It's a tremendous name. Okay, Matt Noakes or Kevin Moss? Oh, Moss. Because yeah. Moss, had that, everyone thought he was like he was going to be like Babe Ruth after yeah. he hit the, that one year in which he hit home runs. And, and Kevin Moss had the strangest batting stance that you'll ever see. It was almost like he was sitting on a chair. Yeah. Very like Euclid's? Or like, or uh, like, like a little close. It was like a video game, Chris. Like yeah, if you like, you just a little, like games. a little bit more like Albert Pujols. It was the strangest stance. Like I remember me and my friends, we used to play wiffle ball, and we'd always like try and be Kevin Moss's stance. It was always the odd, most uncomfortable stance ever. I feel and like that was like for my was, age. It was Pujols, yeah, because he was like he was like literally like a chair too. I feel like yes, yeah, <laughs> so I agree with that. And the hands were high. Like there's only like Pujols is the only guy that could be successful with that stance. Uh, all right, last one for the Yanks. Melito Perez or Pat Kelly? Oh, Melito Perez. Oh, he's the man. Yeah. Well, he's the man. So much personality, you know, and, and plus he would basically, when he struck you out, he'd let you know it. Yeah, give me Melito Perez. Now, now really quick. Oh, no, yeah, Melito, but his brother Pasquale was the guy that had the most. Yeah, his brother. But yeah, um, really quick before I do this, because I didn't look these up. Dion was on the Redskins at one point, right? Yes. Okay, so Dion as a Yankee. Or Dion as a Redskin. Dion is a Yankee. You gotta go. Yeah, you gotta go. To yeah, Dion is a Yankee. The the inside the park home run. Dion is a, a Washington. Uh, Dion down in D.C. He was just a money grab. Right. Yeah. All right. That's it's it for that's the you know, first return for down against Tampa. That's it for me, Moose. But I'll pass along. I just want to get your prediction on each sport. We did this with Evan back in January, which is a year ago, right? Jesus Christ. Uh, all right, NBA champion. Who you got? Boston. NHL. I'm going to stick. I, I think I said they were going to win it before the year. I'm going to stick with the Rangers. Okay. Yes. Uh, you're going to be wrong on that one. NFL <laughs> Super Bowl prediction. <laughs> Who wins it in the NFL? Um, I'm going to go Bengals. Okay. That's an interesting one. And since uh, we can't do MLB because it's too far away. Give me the MLS champion this year coming up. Oh, dude, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, the Miami's got a team, right? Doesn't yeah, and they might get messy. So if yeah. Miami gets messy, there you the go. Miami. Miami. Twice uh, CFT is the defending champs. After this World Cup performance, he ain't going to Miami. And He's maybe still not. got some juice in that. All right, game. I'll pass it around. Last round table before they go. Moose Chris, what do you got? Anything? 
Yeah. So at this point in time, me and you have some beef because our teams are going for the last wild card spot. I'm a Giants fan. You're a Commanders fan. And they're facing off this week on Sunday Night Football. Now, you guys are getting Chase Young back. I mean, we're, we are what we are. We're, we're a sinking ship right now. But what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that the Redskins, uh, not sorry, who? Sorry, edit that out. Please. I mean, like, look them? at this young kid. Just... It's, oh, it's very, the Bud's all be on it. For my whole life, they were the Redskins. I Commander's know. a terrible nickname, too. It's just terrible. It really is. Do you think that the Commanders are going to have enough juice in the tank with Taylor Heineke to propel them into the playoffs? Or do you think that the Giants or a different team, maybe the Seahawks, are going to take that last spot? No, I, I think the Seahawks, why? I think Kenneth Walker was great that he was back at practice a little bit uh, today. He was he's limited. A, he's a great player. He is. He was, he was unbelievable last year at Michigan State, and they missed him this past week in losing to Carolina. By the way, I'm rooting for Carolina. I can't watch Tampa Bay any longer, so I'm rooting for Carolina to win the NFC South. It would be great to see Sam Darnold. And it'd I be great. love I that. Mean, oh, that my God. It would be amazing. Yeah. I, like, I, can't, I can't watch the Bucs anymore. I just can't. I can't watch Brady and Bowles and – how, just how pathetic the offense is. Um, do I think they have enough to beat the Giants on Sunday night? Yeah, I think it's a close game. The Giants are a four-and-a-half-point dog on the road. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be a, a one-score game in the fourth quarter and see which team makes a play. I, I think for the Giants, I think it'll be interesting to see if Adoree Jackson is back. Yeah, that would help us a lot. Dealing. Yeah, that would help he, a lot. Uh, Bellinger's been playing, though. He played this week. Didn't really do much. Right, but he got hurt and left the yeah. game. He dealt with he, he, uh, got a, he got hit uh, pretty hard, I uh, forget by the player um, on Philadelphia, but got hit pretty hard and was never returned in the game. So getting having Bellinger back for the entire game, let's see if Xavier McKinney had the pins removed from the broken fingers after the ATV accident down in Mexico. I, you know, I was talking to some people, maybe they decide to cast it up and he tr- decides to give it a go because they do miss uh, the flexibility they have with him as a safety because he can move all around the field. I think the Giants can win the game. Um, I, you know, I, I've been more disappointed in Chase Young. I mean, really, the studs along that defensive line are yeah. really guys on the interior uh, more than it has been in Chase Young. He was better at Ohio State than he's been in the National Football League. Could that change? For sure, it could change. But he's not been what Micah Parsons has been down yeah, in Dallas. No. Micah Parsons is a different breed. Like, oh, he's, he's a monster. The thing, that, the thing that gets me with the commander. The thing that gets me with the commanders, though, is as soon as Carson Wentz goes down, Taylor Heineke goes back in, and it's like the entire team just says, yeah, this is the guy that we've wanted this whole time. Mm -hmm. This is the guy that's going to get us there. He's got the moxie. Like, he's got what I thought Baker Mayfield was going to have, like, when he he was with uh, the Browns. Like, he's got that factor in him where, like, the whole team's behind him. They all trust him. He's not the most talented quarterback in the league, but he just does enough to get the team to where it needs to be. And I just, I love Taylor Heineken. Like, if he wasn't in my division, I would get his jersey. Like, he is a great, <laughs> yeah, there's, 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 like, he's amazing to me. Right, but Washington knew what they had, and they decided to go get Carson Wentz. And I think I it, I think the love yeah. affair that they have with Taylor Heineke, I think, says a lot about what Carson Wentz is as a leader, too. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the other thing. You, back, you go back eight days to that game in which it ended up in a 20-all tie. The Giants had the lead. Late in the fourth quarter, they give up the 20 yard completion from Heineke to Curtis Samuel on the fourth and four play. It, but Taylor Heineke in that game, there were at least two or three footballs that he threw up that the Giants easily could have intercepted. 
So yeah, the question you say both they, teams had chances to win that. Right. Game. But the question Sunday night is going to be is, is Heineke going to play a clean football game? And can the Giants take advantage of those opportunities? I'd agree. I, I think the winner of the game is going to the playoffs. I think they're so evenly matched as the tie yeah. shows. Yeah. Like, for sure. I don't know. Uh, Taylor Heineke to me just has, I think he gives them that. Would you trade Taylor Heineke right now for Daniel Jones? Uh, a thou- well, actually, I don't know because. Taylor I would Heineke is, Washington fan. I'd make that trade. Give me Daniel Jones. You Taylor Heineke it. is great within the commander's system. Like I think he has a great rapport with uh, Terry McLaurin. I think a lot of his guys trust him. I don't know if he would have that same impact on the Giants. Like I think that I think it's similar to like Nick Foles, where when he came in, like everyone knew that he could do it. And maybe it's the same thing, like what you said about Carson Wentz. Maybe he wasn't the leader that he needed to be. Maybe Nick Foles came in and played that role. I think Taylor Heineke might be great in the commander system, but if he were to come over to the Giants, I don't know if they would respond the same way. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I can't. I, I think Heineke has shown himself to be an NFL quarterback. I think there's sure, limits yeah. to, to what he can do, but I, I don't disagree with the chemistry with him on the field. The team does respond to him. I think that says a lot. Yeah, I, yeah. I should be interesting. I mean, I don't care personally because I'm pretty much locked in. The playoffs as a Cowboys yeah, to a first round exit. Yeah, you're locked. Uh, up. Not if we get Carolina. I mean, I mean, I'd be willing to fucking go down to Carolina and play them. But anyway, you never know. It's the NFL. Brian, anything? Yes. Go on. Uh, first, I want to say this: Carson Wentz's career was destroyed the minute Nick Foles won that Super Bowl. Fact. No, hundred percent. My brother's just, an Eagle fan. He agreed. He should have just quit the NFL at that point. He was done. Uh, <laughs> I want to get your take on, uh, I don't know how much of him you've seen, but uh, what do you think about Kenny Pickett with what we've seen so far with the Steelers? I think there's room to grow for him. I, I think I, I think that, well, I know the Steelers love him. Um, you know, I've heard that from a number of different people. Kim, we've talked about Kenny Pickett on the Sunday show on, on the fans. She's talked about the fact that the Steelers as an organization love him. It doesn't bother me that he wears the gloves or anything like that. I I think you've seen the you know some the lack of experience, and you're seeing the growth, and you're seeing the Steelers. I think they've got their quarterback now. Is he going to be Ben Roethlisberger? Probably not. I mean, Roethlisberger was six five. He's not that guy, and uh, you know Roethlisberger also did age well, but but also Big Ben. It took him a, a while to kind of become what he became in Pittsburgh as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the Steelers have a playmaker in Pickett. I liked him at Pittsburgh. I think they clearly loved him in the draft and were ecstatic that they were able to draft him. So uh, I think they found their quarterback. Watt is an unbelievable monster. And I'll tell you this, Mike Tomlin can coach my team any day of the week. He is an unbelievable head coach. The best. Yeah, yes. one of the best without a doubt. Uh, all right. Well, if it's a coordinator, that's it. Yes, that, that is true. You're right about that. You're right about that, but... I like Pickens is going to be Pickens is going to be a monster. What looks like he's a five-year veteran. No doubt. It's unbelievable. And you saw that and you saw that in the preseason as well, because sometimes you see guys flash in the preseason and then in the regular season, they disappear. George Pickens, you saw him flash in the preseason, making these ridiculous catches Mm -hmm. and he's dealt with a little bit of a health, but it has continued. The only thing that stopped George Pickens was Mitch Trubisky. It was terrible. That's true. Trubisky is awful. He's had a pretty sick highlight reel this year with the catches that he's been able to make. It was every week. It's like every week almost. Every week. week Pickens is going to be great. Najee Harris has found himself once again. They've done a 
job of, of drafting. The offensive line got a little ways to go, but I mean, when you have Minka Fitzpatrick on the backside uh, anchor in that secondary and TJ Watt, he's right there. I mean, the two best defensive players in terms of being game wreckers. And I know Aaron Donald and people talk about Quinn and Williams and there's guys on the interior that are unbelievable. If you're looking at edge rushers, the two best edge rushers of football are, are Watt in Pittsburgh and Parsons in Dallas. Yeah. True. I don't yeah. even think that's a debate at this point. Like, I think yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a good thing the Cowboys took Taco Charlton over uh, TJ Watt. So, oh my! I was. Where is Taco right now? He, he was, yeah, I don't think he's in the NFL. I don't know. I think he's on the Steelers. He might. He might have ended up with the Steelers. No, they don't even have an excuse because his last name is Watt. It runs in the family. Yeah, I know. It's just whatever. Uh, Moose, really. Thanks. Uh, really quick though. Um, I know you're a wrestling fan. Would you? On I, one more. One more gun to your head. Would you rather win a ladder match or a steel cage match? Oh, steel cage. Okay. Got gotcha. you. I'll, I'll have more for you. I'll have more for you later. No, next time you have me on, I want to talk some wrestling. I'm not a big wrestler. Uh, I'll come on with you. We'll talk wrestling. We used to have a show on the network, Mark's Side of Your Ring. Uh, our friend Fred used to run it, but it just got like too much to handle all at once. But he used to talk wrestling every week, man. But uh, if we ever do a show wrestling, I will have you and him on. You guys can just banter for hours about no I do guys thanks for having me on this was a blast tonight